Hi, welcome to In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. I'm Kelly. And I'm Savannah. Are you interested in learning about conspiracy theories, but you're way too lazy to research them yourself? So are we, but we're very generous and we're here to do the work for you. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy listening to everything from JFK's assassination to Demi Lovato's twin sister who's trapped in a basement. so long oh my god have you been i literally did so much in the time between when we finished recording that episode mm-hmm. to when, when we're recording this one tell me in an itemized list i um, chewed ice chewed ice put your foot out from under the cover and then yeah. put it back in i checked my phone what did it say no one texted me okay cool. <laughs> <laughs> um and i talked to you about dogs yeah so, so i actually accomplished a lot as well i stood up <laughs> um, I plugged my laptop in. Oh, good, good. I sat back down. Yeah. Wow. I did not check my phone. Oh. So I'm I probably going to have a buttload of texts coming out of this, <laughs> but, you know, we're going to save it for The only end. person who texts you is me, and I did not. Because you're right next to me. Yeah. And you have been for the past three hours. Oh, my God. Get me out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so this is In Cahoots with Kelly and Savannah. Oh, welcome. I'm Savannah. I'm Kelly. Uh, nice to meet you. Hello. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is part dos. Nope. Part two. Part numero trois? dos. What's is it French? Un toi. Yeah, I think it's. Trois. I'm literally counting from from Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. yeah. <laughs> Take a break. Okay. okay. Anyway, part two of Jean Benet Ramsey and all of the conspiracies around her tragic death. And if you don't know anything about her murder, listen to part one. Yep. Because we went in depth. Yeah, we talked basically a lot of the background and what has happened since. And now we're going to go into the theories. And Savannah and I are going to talk about what we think happened and just other questions we have, I guess, for each other that mm. none of neither of us will be able to answer. Because yeah. <laughs> Literally, it's us just going, yeah, but what about... Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's literally That's the literally, whole thing. Yeah, we're like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Because yeah. there's no yeah. answers. It makes me, ugh, it makes me yeah. crazy. Cold cases are the woat. Am I right? Yeah, they, I really, I, I, mm-hmm. mm. not a fan. I don't like to get into cold cases because well, cause it's so, so unsatisfying. It's unsatisfying. Yeah, 100%. But this one, I remember... As a little kid, like, you know, you look at, like, the magazines. And- Kelly, me too. Yes. Kelly, stop. Yes. Kelly, yes. no. Yes, because I remember asking my mom. I'm like, oh, who's this? Like, it was probably it- the 10-year anniversary of her Maybe. Jet. It was because it was the picture of her with the big hair the and big the red lip. Curls. Yes. And I remember being like, oh, this girl's so pretty. And my mom told me about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Like, it's fascinating. Oh, I had Publix. Yes. Line. Yes. Checking out yes. with mom. Yes. I don't know if I asked my mom about it. I feel like I just read the thing that was like, who killed John no. Ramsey? And I asked my mom about it before we recorded this podcast. I texted oh, her and I was nice. like, like, you know, we're doing this. Yeah. And I asked her what she thought and she said she thinks someone in the family did it. <gasps> so Mary. Oh my gosh. We should have her. Mary's in on, in on leave it. Leave a voicemail what she thinks. We'll play it. <laughs> Um, but anyway. Okay, so there's two main camps, kind of. Yes. Inside or outside, basically. Did yeah. a family member do it? Because, you know, the only people we know of in the house were 
John Ramsey the father, Patsy Ramsey the mother, Burke Ramsey the brother, mm-hmm. and John Bonet. Yes. Um, or was it an outside intruder? Yeah. So I'm going to cover the family member theories, and Kelly's going to cover the intruder theories. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I mean, it was either Patsy, John, or Burke. John, I haven't really read any, like, conclusive theories that he no. would have done it. I don't know. He seems like a weirdo. I think I don't know. if going with this family member theory, I think he was the one who masterminded the cover-up. Oh, for sure. And we'll yes. get into that. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think if I were to bet if it was a family member, I wouldn't say it was John. Yeah. I think he was the last. I think he's a mastermind, but not the actual killer. Yes. 100%. Yes. One theory, a couple theories I've seen were that Patsy did it, which like, again, the motive's not really there, but one theory states that she struck Jean Bonnet in a fit of rage after a bedwetting episode, because I think Jean Bonnet did with the bed, which common for like a five-year-old, it happens, mm-hmm. um, and strangled her to cover up what had happened, mistakenly thinking she was already dead. So she hit her, thought she was dead, and strangled her to cover it up. Wow. I'm sorry. I just don't think a mother would do that. Also, the um, crime scene photos of the of her bed the day that it happened. This was on the Dr. Phil special as well. There was no sign of like urine or any. Oh really? Okay, sheets. that's good to know. But maybe they washed the sheets. I don't or changed Could the be. sheets. I don't really know. But that was just the photos. Yeah. Um, Patsy did not have any known history of like anger issues or anything. And mm-hmm. Burke Ramsey even later said, we didn't get spanked, nothing of the sort, nothing close, nothing near laying a finger on us, let alone killing your child. I don't, the Patsy theory, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't see the motive. Like, I just don't, unless it was like something to do with pageants, but. Uh. I see the motive sort of in the fact that this mother died her five-year-old's Right, she was very deep into the pageant world. Yeah, so I just feel like maybe her priorities weren't exactly there. Yeah. And I, so I'll get into this later, but the maid said that she did kind of have, like, fits of rage Mm. and stuff, um, which here it says that there wasn't, so there's kind of conflicting theories on that. Interesting. But Can you really trust a maid, though? How dare you? I don't know. <laughs> so I just picture like a telenovela, the maid being yeah, like, like the feather. And then she said this yeah, and that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I can't see a mother doing this to her child, but I don't know if Patsy was maybe had the best mind as a mother. Yeah, I no, I don't know if she had any mental issues. She seemed like she. I picture her to be a very weak-minded person. Yeah. Like, like John uh, controls the family, and she's just like. Well, I the mean, housewife. she's so young. Com- oh, I mean, yeah. she was she was so young compared to him. Right. She got married so young. Mm. Um. Anyway. Okay. There's the past theory. Mm-hmm. Now, the big theory <laughs> is that Burke did it, right? Burke. So, in 2016, now Burke was only nine years old at the time. Yes. Just keep that in mind. 2016, the 20-year anniversary of JonBenet's death, CBS aired a docu-series called The Case of JonBenet Ramsey, and they heavily implied the theory that Burke hit JonBenet in the head with a heavy object, accidentally killing her. Now, I'm an only child, um, but siblings are very rough with each other, so I could see... Yeah. I don't know how common it is for, like, a sibling... I feel like it's pretty common for siblings to accidentally, like, heavily injure their sibling... But I think it's not very common for siblings to accidentally kill their sibling. I agree that it's not very common, but I 
feel like it could definitely happen. Like, I mean, I have a brother, and we were very, we played very rough as kids. Like, I, I literally gave him a black eye one time nice. when we were in the pool, and I, like, jumped on him yeah. <laughs> and gave him a black eye. Nice. So, and, I mean, there are many times where, I mean, I just think as a kid, you don't realize your strength, and you, like, don't know how to let out your anger, and so you just, yeah. you know, hit. And he was a lot, I mean, he was three years older than her, and... He was a boy, he's And bigger. he was a boy, so he was probably stronger, and so maybe... I could see him, like, maybe throwing something at her, and it just, you know, hit her in that right spot where it, it killed her. Yeah. And um, then the theory goes that the parents covered it up. Yeah. So I think there's, like, a lot of things that kind of point towards this. Like, <laughs> the whole pineapple thing. Yes. She had eaten pineapple. His fingerprints were the ones in the bowl, and his parents don't remember pineapple being out. Like, did something happen in the middle of the night? There's, like, a yeah. little spat over the pineapple. Yeah. He hits her with a flashlight. She, they maybe find... she ate his pineapple right. and he got mad. He got upset. He hit her with that flashlight. He hit her with a flashlight. The parents hear a scream. Maybe they did hear the scream. Maybe. Maybe they hear a... Maybe Burke goes and wakes them up and says, you know, something happened. And they literally write this ransom note and come up with this whole thing in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, now, some, of the, some theories say that Burke doesn't even remember it. Like, it yeah. was almost like a fit of rage, and he doesn't remember. Like, yeah. he doesn't even know that he did it. Yeah, there's, like, um, where if something traumatic happens, you, like, kind of black out, and you sure. don't remember. And, yeah. like, you don't remember t- years later, and, you know, sometimes you Maybe go to therapy, and you can go remember. Hypnotherapy? Yeah. Yeah. There was also, they talked about this on um, the My Favorite Murder episode, but, so in that CBS documentary, which I tried to find, and I could not find it, that was really sad. Um, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. It was on there? Yeah, you have to pay for it, but... Oh, okay. This is like a docu-series. I was trying it on YouTube, so... Oh, you're not going to buy it on YouTube. Um, so they were saying that they show... Burke was only interviewed twice. I think we talked about this. By the police. By the police, yeah. twice. So they showed videos of it's his creepy. interviews. Yeah. Very... He, he's like sitting in the chair all funky. Yeah, they show clips of that in the Dr. Phil as well, so I kind of saw it. But they, I guess they asked him, they showed him a picture of the bowl of pineapple. And, and he said, it looks like cereal. Yeah. And then... They were like, what is this? And then he, I guess he goes, oh, I don't know. So, like, he... Like, it sounds like he got caught. Yeah, like, he remembered, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to know what this is. I have to lie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, the interview's a little funky. Yeah. But also, I mean, he was a young kid, and he, this is probably a very scary thing to be interviewed sure. by police, you know. Um, okay, so. So, CBS does a docuseries, right? Um... And since it heavily implied that Burke did it, he obviously filed a defamation lawsuit against CBS. Yeah. And they did end up settling for, I don't know how, it was an undisclosed amount, but he sued them for like $750 million. I mean, yeah. And then they settled in 2019, a couple yeah. years later. Um, but I think I think that he must have known, or like his, oh. his attorney must have known it was coming. Yes. Because mere days before the docuseries airs from CBS... Burke Ramsey did an exclusive public interview with Dr. Phil at the age of 29. Yeah. So he hasn't talked about this in 20 years. Yeah. And he randomly decides to go on Dr. Phil. Yeah. And his reasoning for this was like, oh, it's a 20-year anniversary. I know people are still talking about it, so I just wanted to like. He's like, I wanted to get it over with, get ahead of it. Yeah. Because I know people are going to like ask me about it. Yeah. 
Which I'm like, no, no, you didn't. No. Also, <laughs> just background on Burke in the interview, it says that he went to Purdue and he is a software developer. Yeah. And he works remotely for a company. So he's at home all the time by himself. Even before like COVID. And he's like not married or anything. No. Even before like all this COVID and stuff. He oh yeah, this was in 2016. Remotely. Yeah. Because he didn't like to be around people is what it said. Which like, you know, lots of trauma when you're young. Yeah. Obviously, this was such a public homicide that like he was in the public eye for so long that I think that he was probably like just led a very private life because it was so public and I also think his parents shielded him a lot and he probably like couldn't go to school that often after that because it was just too much so he probably wasn't around people right and didn't um make those you know development social skills right Okay, let's just talk about... Now, we've only seen clips of the interview, and I've read, like, some important points that were, like, bulleted out after the fact, Mm -hmm. um, because it was aired on multiple episodes of Dr. Phil. You can't, like, see it on YouTube. Just the clips, right? Okay. (laughs) Okay. He smiles throughout the entire interview. Oh, my gosh. Now, it's not, like, a big grin. It kind of is. Now, okay. It's almost like a smirk. It's very smirky. It's not like, okay, it could be interpreted as like douchey smirk, but I think it's like nervous, I'm on TV smile. Yeah. But even when he's like, it's just one of those smiles where you're just like, I don't know what to do, I'm nervous. And like, he's literally talking about his sister's murder and like the series of events and he's got this weird little smile. Yeah. So Dr. Phil is asking him like, not hard questions, but but just like, what do you remember? questions what was it like yeah and he so what really got me was he was saying you know what happened when you woke up so he said that he woke up with his mom like busting into his room like freaking out and basically how he was saying it and he had the smile on his face and it very much looked like he was kind of like making fun of his mom freaking out you know because he was like oh she was uh like screaming and running around my room like it just seemed like he was basically like oh this crazy lady but the fact that he isn't but it's not like he had a smile on for certain parts like he literally like even when he wasn't talking had that smile. oh yeah yeah literally every yeah every yeah he he never it wasn't like certain questions that made him smile it was right it wasn't like smirk answering a question with an attitude it was like i think it was a nervous smile it definitely was but it didn't it was not a good look it no no i think he did this went on dr phil to kind of give himself a good image and be like oh i'm just this guy yeah it did not work no no it was so creepy yeah okay we'll just talk about some of the important points because like obviously He's not going to go on and be like, yeah, I killed my sister. So, like, obviously yeah. nothing's really going to come of this. Yeah, so... We're just going to... Obviously, take, people are just going to overthink everything that right. he said. So, the take of the Dr. Phil interviews and everything following was very pro-intruder. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, with this whole smile thing, they, like, addressed... So, he went on the Today Show to, like, promote the interviews, mm-hmm. and they were talking about it, and they addressed the smile, and... Mm-hmm. Dr. Phil called him a very socially awkward young man because of all the trauma he endured mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so some of the points of the interview. So Dr. Phil asks Burke if he thinks the ransom note is his mother's handwriting, and he says he thinks it's too sloppy because she had very neat handwriting. Nothing conclusive, obviously. I mean, but she's not going to write the ransom note in her normal handwriting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, also, sorry, I should have mentioned this earlier with the ransom note, but, like, I think they only talked about this in the My Favorite Murder episode. I didn't see this anywhere else. 
but they said that like um when she, when they do were doing the handwriting analysis obviously they had people like write out the words from the ransom note and instead of writing the numbers 118,000 she wrote out the words 118,000 like she wouldn't write just so that it wouldn't the match interesting i mean not so that it wouldn't match but i'm just saying like no one writes yeah. numbers as letters no yeah okay. agreed super weird so um he said he wasn't there when his mom made the 911 call, so it couldn't have been his voice in the background when she tried to hang up and it didn't connect properly. Yeah, so um, it, yeah, on the interview he said he, he slept through it all. So he said he woke up to his mom coming in his room super early in the morning saying, my baby's gone, Jean-Benet's gone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then left and he didn't get out of bed. And then when he got out of the... He laid in bed until the police came and got him out of bed. I think that's super weird. I I feel like I do not understand why you wake up in the morning, you have a ransom note that your daughter is gone. One of the first things you do is you go into your other child's room to make sure that they are still there. Right? Yes. So... I know, I'd love to know, like, I don't really understand, like, did she look for, like, in her timeline, because obviously no one was there except for them, so yeah. all we know Do you think is, she went into JonBenet's room Did she check to, to make sure she was gone, or did she just say, oh my gosh, she must be gone because I found a note that says she's gone? I mean, I, I don't know, I haven't seen any of that anywhere. Yeah, no, but, like, it is very tight, the timeline's very tight, so it doesn't seem like she looked for JonBenet, That's you know? true, yeah, it was, like, three minutes after, So yeah. it's, like, 5.30, you wake up, you go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth. Ten minutes goes by. You come downstairs. You see a ransom note. It's five fit it's five forty-five, right? Yeah. You read it. That take you know, you read it. It's two and a half pages, so you probably also reading it multiple times to see what the heck's going on. Right. So maybe that takes another five minutes, so then it's five fifty. And she called the police at five fifty two. So that does not leave, that doesn't, that barely leaves time for her to go get her husband and tell him what happened. Yeah, I would, I, yeah, I would check the bedrooms of both of my children. I would tell my husband what's going yeah. on. Yeah, and also, I, I checked the basement. Yeah, I would keep him, my son, next to me this entire time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, what if the kidnapper is still in the house and he's going right. to take Burke? aren't Burk? you worried? They're saying yeah. we're watching you. Aren't you worried that they're in the house? And they're taking, they're going to take Burke next? So, like, so you, I don't understand... You, Ugh, and then after you call the police, you run into his room, scream bloody murder, and then just leave? Yeah. What's the point of that? And why did he stay in his room? Why wouldn't he be like, what the heck, I got I it. guess, like, maybe if you're, like, a little kid, you're like, I don't really know what's going on. I'm kind of scared. But, then oh, but just... also, why would you... I mean, I know she was probably freaking out, but, like, why would you go in your other kid's room, scream, and then leave? Right. You you either crack the door, say, oh, thank God he's still there, and then Or you get him, him up, sleep, tell him you... what's happened. Exactly. And, you know... But I just, after the 911 call, after everything, you go in to his room, get him out of bed, and he sits, stands next to you the yeah. rest of the day. Like, he does not leave your side. That is my take on that. Yeah. No, I agree. <sighs> so, anyway, I don't know why you stay in bed until the police come. I don't know why you yeah. run into your kid's room scream about how your other kid's missing and then yeah. leave. That's and he says pointless. he didn't hear anything. Like, we heard the 911 call. She was screaming. Like, she was loud. Yeah. They, he said that he was a deep sleeper, so he didn't hear any of that. 
No. Which, I mean... Well, I mean, it's a three-story house. Some people are sleepers. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's a big house. Yeah. Okay. Um, he says he doesn't remember eating pineapple with his sister on the night she was murdered, but mm-hmm. that he very well could have. He gets a little snarky, and he's like, would you remember eating pineapple 20 years ago? And I'm like, well, if it had to do with my sister's murder, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, which is fair. Like, whatever. You don't remember. Yeah. Um... He denies ever purposely hitting or abusing his sister. Dr. Phil straight up asked him if he killed her, and he I says no. What's he going to say? Yeah. Well, actually, I didn't do it. Yeah, I've been, I've been teasing you, Dr. Phil. <laughs> I've been teasing you this whole time. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so one thing that, like, n- nobody really focuses on, but I think is interesting, is that he says, at the very end of the interview, he says, I remember for a long time, I think I unlocked the front door during Christmas Day, and I always felt bad about doing that. And the whole, and, like, there weren't really any signs of forced entry upon the initial, like, search of the house. So I'm like, that right there is, like, okay. could have been an intruder. If he, I'm sorry, but, like, that's a key thing that if you left the front door unlocked. And he never told anyone about that? Yeah, I'm like, that kind of, like, is a big part of this whole investigation. Okay, two things. Okay. He doesn't remember eating pineapple, but he remembers unlocking a door. Well, I feel like unlocking a door when there is a possible intruder coming into your house to murder your sister is more significant than eating pineapple. Okay, I get that. Okay. Second, do the parents not lock, check that the doors are locked each night before they go to yeah. bed? Yeah, well, it was like the... 96, you still lock, you locked your doors. Yeah. Like, I check, I, I feel like I check three times okay, well, before I go alone. to bed. That's Don't tell them that. I should live for the really big dog. <laughs> A big Rottweiler. Seven men. Super mean. (laughs) She has a bodyguard. Yeah. So, I mean, especially if, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, Boulder was a small town. Maybe not. But, like, and then third thing, he could have just sprinkled that in there as a, oh, look at this. That could have been it. Yeah. You know, as a, it wasn't me, but I left the door unlocked. Yeah. And that's how the intruder came in. That's true. That's a good, you know, that's a good explanation. That's a red herring. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, that's my thing. Okay. I, like, I feel okay. I'm very passionate about this. Okay. So, one thing I thought was very interesting on the Dr. Phil interview was that, so like we said in the last podcast, that the um, Boulder police kind of honed in on the Ramses and were basically like, it's them who did this. So, Dr. Phil talks about how there was this report in the Denver newspaper that there was no snow, no footprints in the snow leading up to the house on the day she was murdered, right? And like we said, there was, seems to be no sign of forced entry, no, you know, no footprints. So if you look, and on the show they show this, they show photos of the crime scene, the, you know, the day it was taken, and there was no snow anywhere, on the ground anywhere. So it's, not only was there no footprints, there was no snow. And so, that could, I mean, I took that as a, so Dr. Phil basically said, like, you know how you can, like, lie when you're examining someone and be like, oh, I know you did that, you know yeah. what I mean? you can say whatever you want. Yeah, so basically, the uh, Denver police, not Denver, the Boulder police took that to the next level and lied in the newspaper, <gasps> basically trying to get the Ramses to get, you know, nervous and maybe eventually confess. Right. You know. And so, obviously, like I said, Dr. Phil was very pro-intruder. Like, he even claimed, well, I, 
I mean, it's true. Burke was never a suspect. And he constantly says Burke was only nine years old. He was only nine years old. Okay, of I'm sorry, but... Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's... It could have been an accident. Yeah, and there's also lots of... I mean, not lots, but there are... There are child murders. There are cases of oh, children sure. murdering people on purpose. And also, it could have easily been an accident. Yes. You know? So, but I do think that the public obviously you know, did, and the police tried to frame the Ramses and, you know, put all this false information out into the world. Yeah. And the snow thing really got me because I'm like, I, because I had that's heard devious. that before. Yeah. I had heard that there was no footprints, but there was no snow. Yeah, that's so, crazy. Okay. Anything else you want to say about the families? I just think that the Burke theory is very compelling that that Burke accidentally killed his sister. His parents discovered it, and that John Ramsey masterminded a cover-up mm. to protect his I his just, son and wife. I I just want to know the extent of what John did and what Patsy knew about, because I feel like yeah, I just feel like Patsy maybe kind of went along with it and didn't realize the extent of what John was going to do to cover this up. Right, like, the whole, like, it could, because, like, so, theoretically, say, Burke accidentally hits Jean Bonnet. Mm-hmm. Well, she died of asphyxiation, right? Yeah. So, that means that either Burke, like, hit her and strangled her, or John, like, strangled her as to cover up the head yeah. wound. And it also makes sense why when he discovered her body, he just threw himself on her. He picked her up. Right. Because his DNA was already all over her. Yeah. And then Patsy's reaction probably was legitimate. Like, she didn't... She hadn't... That, that might have been the first time she'd seen her daughter in that state. Yeah, she... Because... I, mean, I bet John went I, down and took care of it and she hadn't seen, you know... I think they wrote the ransom note together, you know... And she's the one that physically wrote it, but he obviously helped her. I, we talked about this in the last episode, but I don't understand an intruder's, like, reasoning behind writing a ransom note if she was already dead. Right. So, no matter if, whether it was an intruder or the family, the ransom note is fake. But if so it wasn't... There, intru- but there's, so there's reason for the family to write a fake ransom note, but there's no reason for an intruder to write a fake ransom note. Right, especially... Because there was never any ransom. I feel like by the time they wrote this ransom note, she was, let's say it's an intruder, they wrote, they killed her, and then they wrote the ransom note, right? Yeah. So they were in the house writing a two-page long paper while the murdered child, like, you I get guess, out of there as soon as right. possible. I guess maybe, like, it would divert attention, like, from... Them thinking... Right, so... Them looking for a body versus looking for a kidnapper. Right. Or just divert, like, divert motive. So it's like if it's a rapist who just came in the middle of the night and, you know, murdered a little girl, it's like they're they're not looking for a, a, you know, a sexual assaulter. They're looking for a small foreign faction with political motivations. (laughs) Small foreign faction. (laughs) Yeah. For, with political motivations, looking for money. So it kind of diverts, like, who, yeah. what type of person they're looking for. And also, for. that cop who didn't go in the basement because he was looking for... Exactly. They like, that delayed them finding her body. Yeah. I don't know. So... Okay, we'll talk it's about... It's a little far-fetched, but... We'll talk about what we think after. Okay. But, okay. 
Hey guys, let's take a quick break and hear from one of our totally real, super legitimate sponsors. Kelly, take it away. Has quarantine left you feeling lonely and isolated? If you're worried that you've forgotten what human connection feels like, sounds like you need a happy candle. Trademark. (laughs) Trademark. Wash away the sour scent of sadness with our classic scent called I'm a Strong, Confident Woman. Or if you want to really impress your friends, burn our three wick scent, I'm really into me time right now. Is the pungent odor of depressing of depression and self-pity too overpowering? Try the ultra five wick mega candle in our newest scent. I haven't hugged anyone since myself since February and I'm totally fine with it. Order in the next five minutes and we'll throw in a free body pillow. So we're gonna go into the intruder theory now. There was a boot print found next to JonBenet's body, which did not belong to anyone in the family. Intruder. Mm-hmm. What? I said intruder. Yeah. These there, are all just points that point toward <laughs> There was intruder. also a broken window in the basement, which was believed to be most likely the point of entry for an intruder. So I heard that, uh, I think they talked about it on the My Favorite Murder, that this broken window had been broken for a while. And yeah, that why didn't they fix it? They're literally millionaires. What they said was that John would, quote, get locked out of the house a lot. So he would, like, use it to get in. But I'm like, you're, you're a millionaire. Like, you have seven million sets of keys. You That's know what I crazy. mean? That's like, But also, okay, we'll just keep reading. Okay. So additionally, there was DNA from drops of blood from an unknown male found in her underwear and her leggings. Yes, we talked about that in the last podcast. The floors in the Ramsey home were heavily carpeted, marking it, uh, making it plausible for an intruder to have carried Jean Benet downstairs without waking the family. Smith, who was the investigator who came back out of retirement and went on this case, um, assessed the evidence and concluded that an intruder had committed the crime. On the night Jean Benet was killed, there had been two windows that were slightly left open to allow for electrical cords for the outside Christmas lights to pass through. A broken basement window and one unlocked door. Oh, an unlocked door. I wonder if that was the front door. Maybe. It must have been. It could have been the back door, though. The basement door, I guess. Uh, Was there... Is there a door to the basement? The basement's underground. Yeah, you're right. Okay. But there was, like, a grate that you could jump down to get to the basement. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. Smith's theory was that someone entered the Ramsey home through the broken window. This has been criticized because there was an in, intact cobweb in the basement window. Which this can be debated because it's like, you maybe could get around that cobweb, right? I mean, I'd have to look at it. Like, That's if it's true. covering, like, if it's literally attached to, like, the part that opens and the other part is attached to the wall, it's yeah. like, it really, if you'd have to open it, it would break the cobweb. Yeah, that's true. I'd, yeah. I'd have to see a picture. It was determined that there was more than a hundred burglaries in the neighbor in the neighborhood, the months before Jean Benet's murder, and that there were thirty-eight registered sex offenders living within two miles of Which, the Ramsey like, home. Okay, after I read that, I literally looked up registered sex offenders in my neighborhood. How many did you have? Not that many. Good. Within a mile, yeah. Like there were only a few. Um, also, now I don't that I don't see that really as a point towards intruder because if there was. DNA from an unknown male, he would show up in the registry if they put that DNA that's, in that's the very system. True. So that those registered sex offenders don't really matter. In that's very true. Murder. Also, I mean, this goes back to the pageantry, but like she was very, I mean, she was easily accessible because yeah. people saw she her. She was public. She was on the cover of like a little like Miss America yeah. pageant yeah. magazine. So I mean, that could be a motive 
you know, this like creepy guy sees her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be a motive for an intruder. Okay, so I'm going to go into a few of the possible intruders. Mm-hmm. Some These are the more, you know, well... These were people that were actually, like, looked into and investigated yeah, by and, the police. And what people think are probably... If it was an intruder, it's probably these people. Yeah. One of these people. Okay. So a guy named Gary... Olivia? Alva? Oliva? Oliva. I don't know. Okay, he was a 32-year-old known sex offender, which kind of negates what you said. Yeah, because But he I was... don't know. I mean, they... Well, I mean, like... Maybe the, I mean, there's a small chance, like, the DNA in her leggings, like, isn't the killer's. No, I agree. I mean, I, like I said, it could be. It's, like, a one in a million chance, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, he was a known sex offender in Boulder when Jean Benet died. The convicted pedophile had been living in in the area on and off, and when the police found him, they, uh, let me start this over. Okay. So he had been a convicted pedophile and was living in the area on and off when police allegedly found a magazine cutout of JonBenet Ramsey in his back pocket after he was apprehended on drug charges in 2000. He was soon released. Oof. So four years after the murder, he has a picture of her in her back pocket. That's gross. Yeah. But also, like, it's such a public case that, like, maybe he learned about her after. And also, he was a pedophile, so he was probably just looking at a picture. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's not necessarily... Yeah. It, if, if he was found to have it, like, right after the murder, like, before the murder, mm-hmm. maybe, but four years later... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It was very, it was pub, very public by then. Okay, so the Ramsey's family longtime private investigator, Ollie Gray, called out that the Boulder police failed to consider him as a more credible suspect. Um, yeah... Yeah. They definitely should have looked into well, him more. Well, the border police lo- like mainly looked at the family. That's so. true. That is very true. So, I'll, so this part, I don't know. This is seems kind of maybe a little fabricated and wanting to get your fifteen minutes of fame in. Mm-hmm. But Oliva's high school friend Michael Vale stepped forward, claiming that not long after the murder, a distraught Oliva had called him on the phone and confessed his, to his longtime pal that I. Hurt a little girl. I hurt a little girl. Vale revealed to In Touch magazine earlier um, that year that he was particularly unsettled by how the knots used in the fashion of the garret, which was the the, was, the strangulation device, yeah, um, that strangled John Bonet were similar to those in the incident where Oliver attempted to choke his mother with a telephone cord. Oh he said, "Quote: My blood ran cold when I read that." Okay. Oliver was cleared by DNA testing. I'm sorry, but he's telling all this to In Touch magazine. Also, why isn't he telling the police after all this happened that, hey, my friend told me he hurt a little girl a while ago? This, and he's yeah. coming out with this, you know, later. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's his 15 minutes of fame I think situation. So it just doesn't seem like sincere yeah. wanting to help in the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, um, another man named Michael Helgoth is also a possible suspect. So Ollie Gray, who was the Ramsey's private investigator, said an electrician named Michael Helgoth, who worked in a nearby auto salvage yard, might have done it. So Gray referred to Helgoth as a, quote, hellraiser tied to an alleged property dispute involving the Ramseys. So he had some beef with the Ramseys. Mm-hmm. So it's been speculated that the 26-year-old at the time, he was 26, caught wind that he could that he could potentially be a suspect in the case 
and officials found a boot print that was similar to his near the Ramsey home, and he committed suicide before anyone could Mm. get to him. So his death occurred two days after in a 1997 press conference announcing that the Boulder DA was zeroing in on a new suspect, and he remains cleared by DNA. That DNA, man, it's like... I just feel like it's not right. Like, I don't know. know. All these people are getting clear. It just feels like, yeah, uh, it feels like it's hurting more than helping just because it's clearing so many people. Yeah. So, I don't, this is like, him to me, it doesn't, his motive would be more of a money thing, I think, instead of like murdering a child. I don't, yeah, I don't really see the motive with him. I mean, I think he had beef with the Ramseys, and he probably wanted to get back at them, but, but to probably murder, not murder their child, and he probably lot. just wanted, he really wanted that property, like... Yeah, that's not really getting him towards his goal. Yeah. But it is weird that he committed suicide. Mm-hmm, for I agree. thinking that he might be a suspect. Like, why not wait until they knock on your door, you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I agree. That's a little so, extreme. Yeah. Okay. So, Linda Hoffman Pugh... So she worked for the family as a housekeeper, and her husband, Mervyn, was their handyman. So they had a key to the house. So no forced entry. Mm-hmm. Hoffman Pugh didn't um, fit the profile that the police were after, so she wasn't really heavily looked into. They were looking for a white male, a former convict, 25 to 30 years old. So after um, Jean Benet died, she started voicing suspicions that Patsy Ramsey had accidentally killed her. Mm-hmm. And But Patsy claimed that... Um, Hoffman Pugh was struggling for money and had asked her for a loan for several hundred thousand dollars. Sorry, not hundred thousand, several thousand dollars, in which they had declined. Hmm. So the police showed... So she would have motive to lie. Yeah. Yeah. So the police showed up to the Pugh's home the night after the murder and asked the 57-year-old housekeeper to write the numbers 18... Yeah, 180,000. I think it was 118,000. 118,000. Was right. the amount that they asked for. Yeah, yeah. Um, on pieces of paper and reportedly took her fingerprints and several strands of hair. So she then testified in front of a grand jury um, for a total of eight hours, including a statement against Patsy Ramsey that said, I think she has multiple personalities. She'd be in a good mood and then she'd be cranky. She got into arguments with John Bonet about wearing a dress or about a friend coming over. I have never seen Patsy so upset. So this is what I said earlier in the last episode that she might have had that she might have had yeah yeah um so the Hoffman Pew theory asserts that the housekeeper led a trusting Jean Bonnet down into the family basement that night in an attempt to trick her employees into leaving her money for the ransom and it's possible that she could have seen Jean Ramsey's pay stub for that $118,000 and like Mm. known that they had that check right there that they could just give it to her um, familiar with the home and the family schedule, she could, she makes a convenient suspect, you know, she knows, um, she has a key to the house, she knows their sleeping patterns, all that, mm-hmm. and Jean Benet probably trusted her, you That's know, because she was a familiar face. Um, <clears throat> she doesn't really have an alibi, um, she claims that she was asleep in her bed while her husband allegedly slept on the couch. So, so far, all the evidence implicating her um, in the case is circumstantial and she has never been firmly accused. So I don't really know if they, Ugh. well, they said they took her hair. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of it fits. I just don't think that like asking for a loan and then being denied. I mean, I could see someone going as far to like 
do a fake ransom and kidnapping. Mm-hmm. But then, like, what ended up actually happening to her... Yeah, it seems, again, like, sense. she just wanted money and not to murder a child. Like, maybe something happened. Like, it, it just it went too far. Like, she it was an accident. Mm-hmm. And then they had to just, like, go with it. But that still doesn't make up for the fact that you write a super long ransom note. Well, again, it was, like, fake. Yeah. Because it's not like she, she's being like, hey, I'm your maid and I'm doing this. It's yeah. like, I'm a spy. But I also feel like this kind of fits too perfectly. When I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. She worked for them. She asked for a loan. She thought Patsy Ramsey was crazy. Like, I don't know. I think it all just fits kind of too well. You know? Kind of. So, I don't know. Does that mean it's true? That Maybe. Makes me think that, that makes me think it's not true. Also, like, the unidentified male, it's like... The blood, you know, the, mm-hmm. the DNA, it's like, what if it was, like, her cousin that wasn't on it? You That's know, like, true. she brought in, like, yeah, a you, friend Any or a of these intruders member. might have brought in, like, a second person. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the last person is a guy named Bill McReynolds. So he has now passed away, but he was a family friend of the Ramseys, and he dressed up as Santa Claus the week before JonBenet's murder to entertain um, children at one of Patsy Ramsey's Christmas parties. So, uh... This is kind of a common theory. It's like, I think it's like the neighborhood Santa or something mm-hmm. did it. Um, so McReynolds, this is kind of creepy, was rumored to have paid a little too much attention to Jean Bonnet, and he supposedly brought a vial of glitter that she gave him to him or with him into open heart surgery. Which, what? Yeah. And apparently. So wait, so she gives him a glass vial of glitter and he brings it into open heart surgery with him? Yes. And they said, like, at the Christmas party that he paid a lot of attention. This is all alleged. Mm. But that he paid a lot of attention to her. And he, um, I don't know, was, like, trying I, to see her again. Yeah, I heard, I don't know if this is true, but I have heard that he was, like, she sat on his lap, you know, like, classic Santa or whatever. And he was, like, there's a special gift for you after Christmas or something. Mm. Like how know. would you know? Like, yeah, like Jean Benet like, would be the only one who could, could tell you that that happened. That could also easily be like a friend or neighbor being like, "Oh, I heard, you know." Or like, "I have a gift for you that I'm gonna give you," you know. I mean, it's a weird thing to say. Some yeah. people just made it up. Yeah. Okay, and this is even weirder. So apparently, he asked his wife to mix the glitter with his ashes if he died during this hope and heart surgery. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. So, obviously, this story generated a lot of buzz um, in the Denver Post, but there has never been any truth to any of these claims. So, I think it's been researched and looked into, but no one has ever, you know, proved that this happened. And it seems very weird and very unlikely that at least the vial of glitter thing, I don't know. He was a journalist, that guy. Bill McReynolds? Yeah. Yeah. That means nothing. I'm just... I couldn't find a picture of him. All the other ones had pictures, but... Interesting. Let me tell you, Gary Oliva was a creepy-looking guy. Ooh, I don't want to see. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay, so who did it? Okay. What you, okay, what did you think before researching, and what do you think now? I think the same thing, but I have really? more questions and more doubt. Oh, okay. Do tell. Okay, so I kind of think... I, I think... If I were to say what I think, which I am right now... <laughs> If someone held a gun to my head and asked me what I think, and I had to tell them, like, I'm telling you right now, this is what I would say if that scenario were to happen. Yes. I think it was Burke. Okay. And that 
Patsy was a Patsy. Yeah. <laughs> and that John masterminded Yeah, the whole I thing. think... I think maybe she ate his pineapple. They got in a fight. I don't think he meant to do it. I think he probably accidentally hit her with it and hit her too hard or mm-hmm. threw it at her and it just hit her in that right spot where it, you know, it knocked her out or whatever. And then didn't know what to do. The family didn't know what to do. They didn't want him to be... Right, they're protecting their son. And also they already lost one kid. They don't want to lose their second child. Yeah. So I think... John came up with this whole elaborate plan. He told Patsy to write the ransom note. He went and did took care of the body. And I think that's what happened. Okay. So before... Sorry, I'm not trying to move too much. Before this, I just had a vague notion that Burke did it and that the parents covered it up. Mm-hmm. Um... Some of the evidence, like the DNA exoneration. Yeah, so the thing that gets me tripping okay. <laughs> is the the DNA on her on her pants and the blood. Yeah. Because I'm like, where did that come from? And just the fact that she was in pageants and people had just such easy access to her. But I think the thing that brings me back to my theory that Burke did it is the ransom note. Because there's no reason that an intruder would have needed to write that ransom note. Yeah, there's no, like, logical reason. Like, I could come up with a whole scenario, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, okay, and so let's say that they did want the money, and they accidentally killed her. Why would they leave her in the house? Because they were going to find her and know, and then they were never going to get this money, right? 100%. Yeah. So they would take the body because... One, they wouldn't know if she was alive or dead. They'd still give her the money. Right. The money. Two, they said in the ransom note, if you do anything wrong, you won't get to see her remain. Like, you won't be able to have access to her yeah. body. And then, also, another point is, like, they said in the note, we will call you between 8 and 10 a.m., and no one called. That's true. Well, maybe they knew the police was there. They, yeah, I mean, if, I guess. if they actually were surveilling them, they knew yeah. the police was there. So, I'm just, like, if they really wanted this money and this was a kidnapping turned bad they would have taken her out of the house because they would have still been able to get the money and then just been like, oh, she's dead anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then if they murdered her just, you know, a a rape-murder situation, why would there need to be a ransom note? Yeah. Why would you spend time in a house that you're breaking into where you just murdered someone writing a note? Yeah, you you accidentally kill her, you get the heck out of there. Yeah, and that there was no... Like, they said that there was no fingerprints on the notes, right? Besides Patsy and the police officer yeah. who read it. Yeah. Like, yeah. and there's no fingerprints. I don't know. It's, I mean, but I also, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, okay, what, tell me, tell me what do you think Okay, happened. I think the thing, let me look at my notes again. Because I think the thing that tripped, because I thought it was Burke. And I still think So before we started researching, you thought it was Burke? Yeah. Okay. Just based off of what I I feel like that's because so my favorite murder, they were like, it was Burke. So well, I was like, and it I think, was Burke. I think they thought that because they had just watched the CBS documentary that said it was Burke, too. Yeah. Like, and then I listened to a whole other podcast. I listened to the last podcast on the left about it. And they were very like, it was an intruder. And I kind of started to be like, well, maybe it was Maybe an I should listen to that. Cause, well, listening to Dr. Phil, I was like, oh, it was an intruder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you believe whatever, like, someone, they're presenting the evidence in a certain light, and yeah. it's going to be convincing for that yeah. way. But, um, 
uh, I don't know, the fact that, like, some windows were left slightly open, there's a broken window, there's an unlocked door, kind of points towards, like, it could just, it just makes it, like, more likely that it could have been an, a, a, an, an intruder. intruder. Not necessarily that it was. Um, the only thing, like, I honestly feel like, I mean, this is probably a lot of people, but if there wasn't a ransom note, I would totally think it was a kill. It was an intruder. Yeah. Right? The the ransom note is what really incriminates the Ramseys. Right. And they thought that that was going to be like... Right. It just doesn't... Like, I mean, we said both ways. If it was a killer, they wouldn't leave a la- ransom note. And if it was a kidnapping gone wrong, they wouldn't leave the body. Yeah. It just seems to me like Patsy wrote that note. Yes. It's it, it it reads like someone trying to write what they think a ransom note sounds like based off of movies. Right, but I also think that it I mean, if you go off that like, you know, if it was some sex offender, he probably doesn't know what a ransom note's like either, you know? So it's not right, like Right, cuz it definitely wasn't a small foreign faction. Yeah, yeah. We can all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, yeah. yeah. So someone else could have someone besides Patsy who didn't know what a ransom note was could have written it yeah. and tried to pass this off as a ransom note. But why do you make drafts? Why do you spend two pages writing it? Why do you, I mean, it's just... Honestly, I never heard the Linda Hoffman, Hoffman Pew, the maid. Mm-hmm. I never heard that theory before, and I think it's very compelling. I just don't like it because I think it's just too convenient. I like it because I think I've seen an episode of Law and Order SVU that is similar to that, where it's, like, a maid and her, like, cousin or brother or something commit a crime that goes too far, and so, like, they're, yeah. like, the last suspects the police look into, yeah. but they're kind of, like, not suspicious of them because there's, like, a random male, but then it turns out, like, she involved some male yeah. relative that came in later in the picture, it went too far. She really cared about the little girl that she, whatever, and it went too far, and it was an accident, and whatever. Yeah. So, I'm just picturing that whole thing, and I'm, like, seeing how it could play out, and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but I also think, why haven't the police looked into her more? Because, like it, like you said, it fits. It fits really well. Yeah. But I guess the motive... I feel like the motive is there. I don't Being know. Being denied a loan from a family that, like, you think cares about you. And also, and, you know has that money. Right. It's nothing for them. Yeah. It's a bonus. To drop in the hat. It's like, you're pretty pissed off. But also, she started talking crap about Patsy after the murder, so Patsy could have been like, well, I'm going to try to incriminate you by saying, oh, you asked me for a loan. Yeah, that could have been a lie. That could have been a straight lie. Yeah. Yeah. But also, Linda could have been lying about Patsy being multiple personalities and all that, too. I mean, obviously, they weren't like the perfect American family. Every family has their problems and their secrets. Yeah. But just how far... Did it go? How bad was it? I don't... We'll never know. I just... I want to know. I want to know. I just want to know. There's just so many things. Like, they talk about... Oh, I think I wanted to talk about this. So, they talk about how the parents react after, you know, and they're in the interviews. And it's just not how you would think grieving parents would act. Which, I get. People grieve differently. Yeah. But, um... I guess... John was just very stoic and very, like, seemed uninvolved and mm-hmm. uncaring. Not uncaring, I guess, but just, like, yeah, stoic about what was all going on. 
And they were like, that's, you know, maybe a sign, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, this is his second child that has died. Mm-hmm. So he's gone through this. He, I mean, obviously this yeah. was way more public because his first daughter, it was a car crash, I believe, is how she died. Yeah. So it wasn't like big murder mystery. But he's been through this, so he, like, knows the feeling of losing a child. And maybe that's what made him seem so detached and stoic in these interviews. Could be. And they also say that Patsy is just, like... Patsy was drugged up. Oh, yeah. But they... And then, in My Favorite Murder, they talked about this. And they were saying, like, in one of the... um, One of the interviews, they asked, like, do you think it was an intruder? And Patsy's kind of shaking her head no... Like her hands in her what? Then John says yes, and she's changed yeah, and then she like starts nodding yes, yeah. Which I'm like, that's why I feel like John John didn't tell her everything that he was gonna do, and so she agreed, not knowing everything, and then was like, oh my god, I can't believe that. Yeah, I think that's entirely plausible. Yeah, I just feel like if they haven't solved it. In the past 20 years, and it's still an active homicide case, then... I mean, but it makes me think about the, um, the Golden State Killer, where they found him through one of his, like, distant relatives putting up DNA on, like, 23andMe. I feel like, but I feel like the DNA is the thing that's messing all of this up. But if I'm saying they have DNA, so if they... They have DNA that could or could not belong to the killer. Right, but if they can somehow find a match for it, you know, that would get them a... What if, what if they're... What if the DNA is totally random and inconclusive and they're really, like, overlooking all these people because of one thing that is leading them in the wrong direction? That's true. But they could start looking into, maybe they get a match from someone who put their DNA on 23andMe and they find a relative or whatever. And they start looking into this person and it's a perfect match. It makes sense they were in the right place at the right time. Could be. I really want a deathbed confession from John. Oh my gosh. We didn't get one from Patsy, so... Well, that's because John was still alive. Yeah, because she was... But also Burke's still alive. It would have to be from Burke, because if John did it, that would mean that he's incriminating his son. But also Burke might not remember doing it. That doesn't mean he can't go to jail for it. Right, but... Oh, like, but Burke, Burke wouldn't could, confess. confess. But maybe he does. And he yeah. does confess. Do you think if Burke did it and doesn't remember, the like, they told him, hey, you did this... No. Because I don't think he... I don't think he would... I think it would be really creepy if he did that Dr. Phil interview... Knowing, knowing that, he that he did it. it. Yeah. Maybe deathbed confession John tells Burke that he did it. <gasps> and then Burke comes forward. Or just the person who actually did it dies and says, I did it. That would be great. That would be great. I'm looking forward to it. Ugh. Oh my gosh. We need to stop. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to dream about this tonight, and it's not going to be good dreams. No, me neither. I mean, me too. Okay. Me neither. (laughs) Okay, so in conclusion, nothing is conclusive, and we don't know anything. Yes. Oh, I hate cold cases. Oh my gosh. I know. We need to... I want to avoid them at all costs now. Okay, so we're never doing this again. Although, Zodiac Killer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know anything about the Zodiac Killer. Have you seen the movie? No. Very good. We should watch it. Okay. Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo. Really good cast. Is it an Avengers? Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo. Oh. Yeah. Avengers. Zodiac Killer. (laughs) Okay. That's another episode. Okay. Should we do an ending? Yeah. Okay. And bye. So. Yeah. I don't have anything else. I think I've talked 
we've talked in circles about this yeah. and can't find anything else. So I'm very curious what y'all think of this. So I think email us. No, I think we should do an Insta poll when this releases. We'll do an Insta poll and we'll see what everyone thinks. Love to know. I would like to know people's opinions. I really would. Yeah, please. And also, if you want to email us what you think, like, let us know. What if, like, we really get an email that's just, like, super long? Okay. I will cry if we get an email. Okay, if you want to see Kelly cry, I'll take a video of it. Oh, yeah. If y'all email us, Savannah will post a video of me crying. Yeah, so do it. Okay. So, thanks for listening. Please, five stars on Apple Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Savannah. Same on Facebook. I don't think we have a Twitter. Nope. Um, we like the pictures. If you yep. have no pictures, mm-hmm. count me out. We're vain. Okay. They're not pictures of us. That's true. <laughs> Actually, the last, or the Disney one was. Yeah, that's true. Well, Didn't they look cute? You, <laughs> me and Goofy. Me. Okay. Okay. So thanks for listening. Thanks so much. And love y'all. And trust. Trust. No no one. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye.